For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the show. I'm Shane. Very nice to have you. This is called Lead Singer Syndrome. It's a podcast that I do every single week. Whew. For the last 193 times, more or less, I've missed a few. I'm not perfect, but I'm here this week. I'm going to be here next week, too. Hit that subscribe button, by the way. Well, I have you, huh? People say, you know, they listen in the first 30 seconds, so I got to make this good. I got to plug the things. Iconic.com slash LSS. Go to there, too, okay? Capital LSS. Go there now. But hey, I'm back with a great episode. With actually a really great episode. Very informative. A little different which I love. I talked to Matthew Murph Murphy of the Wombats of a brand new, very, very, very good, very strong project that is just coming out. It was supposed to be out this week, but it's got delayed by two weeks, but it's coming out. The project is called Love, Fame, Tragedy. It is sort of a solo project for Matthew Murph Murphy. And uh, yeah, I'm going to play a tune at the end and you're going to be like, oh man, this is good. I'm going to go on Spotify and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pre-save this. That's a thing now. I didn't even know that was a thing, but you can do that. Uh, yeah, so it just, I guess you just, if in case you forget, you just, it's there. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Pre-save all my stuff too while you're at it. But it's a great episode. I'm so glad you're here. Um, let's get to the, down to the, um, the, the business end of things before we get into the nitty gritty uh, if you want to get in touch with me, very easy. I have an email address if you still use email. People don't anymore. It's weird. I think it's great. But you can email me. I'll read all my email. I have been getting so much lately, and I love it. I've been slacking a little bit. Um, I've been doing some some songwriting and stuff and, and a little bit crunch time for that. So I've been sort of busy. But um, I do read it all 100%, and I love the feedback. So here it is. 
leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. You probably don't even have to write that down. That is the email address. Hit me up on there or add me to social media if you're more of a looking at photos and very short sentences um, kind of person, uh, as in uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. I'm on there too, both the podcast and my personal stuff. Uh, So yeah, just check all that out. And uh, I guess, you know, I should say that we have a lot of other episodes. I mentioned this is episode 193, uh, which kind of blows my mind when I say it out loud. But that means we have 192 other ones with other lead singers. Can you believe there's 192 bands in this world? Actually, there, there might be less. If you only ever heard this, you might be like, well, there's a little bit less, actually, because you've had a couple people on the show multiple times. Yes. Well... I don't know how many bands there are, but this show is going to keep going until I've talked to the lead singer of every single one. So go back and listen to all 193, including this one, episodes. And then once you've done that, or before you've done that, um, it's fine too, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. For as little as $6 a month, that gets you a whole bunch of bonus episodes, some of which are with non-lead singers, which is pretty cool. And uh, also, you get merchandise. Uh, It's the only way to get merchandise, actually, if you you want a Lead Singer Syndrome t-shirt. And you get to be a part of an amazing community. And this story, I I don't know if I should mention this on the air, because it's a bit of a private matter, but these, man, just the group that I've brought together, the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, and this isn't really a commercial anymore. This is just real life. We've become so close, and some of them have become so close with each other that one of the members, his name is Wayne. He lives in New Hampshire. He's from England originally, but he lives in New Hampshire now. He actually had um, a really bad situation with his cat, and his cat needed emergency surgery, and he couldn't put up the money because, you know, it's hard sometimes, you know, make ends meet and... It was a very, very heartbreaking situation. And one of the other members, who I won't name, but she helped him out and she drove up there and she took took care of the cat and she paid for the surgery. And that's just a beautiful thing that we've we have in this group. And and it's just it's cool because it's more than just a podcast group. So anyway, I know I'm going on and on and on, but it is awesome. And I want to give a huge shout out to the sinners for all that. I mean sinners is such a funny name when I talk about these stories. Such a beautiful thing, such a beautiful thing we've created with this group. So just check it out. It's leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And yes, all that money goes to keeping the show on the air, as well as some of our sponsors. Like I mentioned in the uh, beginning of this whole ramble, iconic.com, E-Y-E-C-O-N-I-C.com slash L-S-S. That's capital L-S-S. Go to that link. If you wear glasses or contacts, they got awesome stuff and a great deal if you use my promo code LSS. Also capital, I think. So yes, uh, check that out. Please, there'll be an ad later in the show. Um, They just are great people and they help this happen and conversations with the amazing Matthew Murph Murphy. So I guess let's get into it. Here it is, my conversation with Murph.
Well, dude, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, how's your day? Uh, yeah, it's good. I dropped my dog off to, for some dental surgery, which sounds pretty LA, but she, but she did need it. Um, and then I've been doing interviews, and I need to eat something. And then i got to go downtown and do a load of shit, and then I fly to London tomorrow. So, oh, my yeah, God. It's a busy one. Very busy yeah. Monday. Yes, yes, yes. Monday morning. Um, yeah. Well, dude, thank you, man. Um, so much to talk about, but I want to start with the gig you just played with the Rolling Stones. Was that that was oh, just yeah. a few days ago, right? Yeah, Friday night. Yeah. How was that? No, sorry, Thursday night. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, I think I think that was our first time ever playing a stadium. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually, no. Second time we played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, we got to meet, but I, I just assumed we wouldn't, we wouldn't meet any of them, but we got to meet all of them. And oh, cool. Keith Richards blessed my 10-week-year-old daughter, 10-week-old daughter. And oh. Yeah, it was really cool. It's very special. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys had a little bit of fame with uh, Mick Jagger, you know, after surgery, dancing to your song. Yeah. Is that is that how this thing all came about? Was there, is yeah, he, basically, he's a fan? Yeah, apparently he's, like we're all over his Spotify playlists and stuff like that, which is weird to think about. Um, and yeah, I guess he's just like techno fan, and um, I guess it gets him jeered up. Um, so yeah, and so and so I think our our US agent kind of spoke to theirs, and uh, first first off they offered us the whole tour, but. Uh, then they changed their minds and now they're doing different support bands every night. Okay. So so we just did the New York one, which actually is kind of awesome because we're all a bit tired and we weren't that up for doing a massive like support tour around America, wobbling around on a bus. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, I feel like, like touring with the Rolling Stones, as cool as it is to say you did that, I don't know if it really does that much for your band. You know, if you're trying to emerge more and more in America, like you guys have been doing over the last, you know, couple albums. So it's... No, I mean, the, you know, the truth of the matter is it, it, it was a complete ego show. It's something so yeah, we could... Right. Um, it's basically so, so, you know, no one can ever call us a small indie band ever again. So <laughs> that's basically why we did it. Yeah, um, totally. But yeah, no, it, I mean, if we picked up 500 or 1,000 fans from that, I'd be pretty impressed. Right, right. I know it's one of those things. <laughs> and we played pretty well. <laughs> I just made it sound that we played shit, but yeah. Oh, no, I mean, it's it's funny though, like, you know, I'm sure you've noticed this your whole entire career, how you can pick up fans in like the strangest places. Like, you know, there's there's like fans that to this day still like my band and still support my band 15 years later. And they saw us play like, there was like 30 kids there. It was some dive. We played like shit. You know, I was drunk off my ass. I barely remember the show. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's amazing how you can reach people even when you think this is like, this is fucking pointless. Yeah. You just got to kind of like create, like create bonds and mutual memories and all kinds of shit like that. And that's how they kind of really get into your music and your band and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 definitely interesting. Absolutely. So you have a ten week year old daughter. Yes. So that's why you're so tired. Um well and also yeah, I've been <laughs> traveling back and forth to Europe as well. Sure. It's, it was not not the best timing on our on our parts. Um but yeah, yeah, no, it's uh yeah, she's awesome. She's amazing. She that's, looks exactly like me. Yeah. That's a big I mean, that's a big step. You've got so much coming out with the solo record. 
Love, Fame, yeah. and Tragedy. Um, I don't want to play the victim, but I'm really good at it. That EP is coming out September 13th, I believe. Is that the right date? Yes, yeah. I think so. so you're, you're a busy, busy man, and now yeah. you have a daughter. And how is this balance uh, happening or not happening right now? Um, I'm just trying to stay healthy and like not have a nervous breakdown. Um, <laughs> that's kind of all I can do. Um, I mean, my wife's amazing, and she's like... She's got it all. She's got motherdom like dialed in now. Nice. So, um, yeah, she is. Uh, she's been awesome. And, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of managing to manage it somehow. No, I, I totally, man. Well, dude, um, that's the congratulations on all that and everything as well. Um, Thank you. I, I wouldn't mind if you know you've been a bit of an enigma. In some respects, I feel like you're the kind of person that really isn't scared to say anything in an interview. But at the same time, I don't know if there's that much out there about you and about your early life and about how you kind of came to become, you know, musician and frontman and everything. Wow. Okay. That's a big one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So kind of grew up in in a kind of quite a, um, a nice part of Liverpool. You know, it wasn't a Liverpool that... Liverpool is today. It's had a lot of money pumped into it from the EU and things like that. Um, right. And it's a, it's a much better and safer city. But we always lived in a kind of nice neighbourhood. Um, my dad was um, taught engineering at the time in like the kind of community college. And my mum worked for like the the, the council basically. Um, yeah, I definitely I didn't come from from money, but I. But, you know, I wouldn't say I was, like, from extremely humble backgrounds. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I, I kind of have had a, a fairly weird relationship with my parents, I would say. Uh, you know, it's just a very typical British kind of thing where no, we, we don't actually talk about anything or any signs of emotion kind of uh, get pushed aside or get pushed down and, and come up in... Uh, some like volcanic explosions and I feel like <laughs> may, maybe a lot of that is where is, is what is why maybe I have the, a vo- the voice that I do or why so- songwriting was such an attractive proposition um, mm-hmm. and my father would always play like the Beatles, Eagles, Beach Boys, lots of that when I was younger and he kind of forced, not forced, but yeah, he forced me, I guess, to play kind of classical guitar when I, from starting at the age of five. Oh, wow. Um, and then, uh, so I would always kind of play classical guitar and then I had this really bizarre um, kind of mid to late teens where I was smoking a shitload of weed and I was in weird bands in Liverpool kind of doing almost like proggy stuff and then I kind of messed up school a little bit um i still kind of made it through my a levels but i wasn't that great um because <laughs> i was just high all the time to be honest okay. and then uh, and then i um then i um kind of just kept plowing with songwriting and playing guitar and being in a band I remember hearing Creep by Radiohead one New Year's Eve I was kind of listening to uh, and that kind of like changed my whole life really and then um, yeah then I did a degree in music my grades were were obviously weren't that bad so I thank you um, 
a degree in music and that's kind of how I met Dan and Todd and yeah um yeah and then I mean there's lots of other things within that um no, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, being from Liverpool and you, you even mentioned the Beatles, I mean, obviously that's the biggest band ever to come out of Liverpool, the biggest band ever to come out of anywhere. Was there a feeling when you're growing up there, like, well, the Beatles are from here, I could make it? Because most people that grow up musicians are from, not from places like that. Was there, was that a feeling? Was there a confidence there that, that you have a culture in a, in a place that you live that has success? Um, not really, no, like we, we, I mean, Liverpool is amazing for all the, the, it's musical heritage and stuff. And in a way, a lot of people help you out and it's easy to get gigs and everyone's very friendly and it's, it's not as cutthroat as I imagine what it would be like starting a band in London or New York or LA. Um, but for us, I think what was really helpful for us was that we weren't really ever a part of the Liverpool music scene. Like, I remember there'd be certain bands like the Coral, Zootons, there was that whole Delta Sonic label and that everyone was always kind of like partying together and kind of boozing together. So, but we were never, we were always on the periphery of that and we were quite shy and we didn't really hmm. get into that kind of whole thing. And in a way, um, that that was, I guess, that was really in, in retrospect. That was really helpful um, in terms of like honing our sound, not sounding like everything else that was coming out of Liverpool all the time, and um, not feeling uh, overly um, what's the word? Fuck! <laughs> why have I forgotten? Why have I forgotten this word? Like uh, that happens to me all uh, the time, dude. Uh, I, I like, yeah, this is, it's like a word you just know, and I don't know. Yeah, this is like a two-syllable word as yep. well. Um, we weren't trying to <laughs> like battling against other people. You know, we we there was no rivalry. Right. We, we weren't competitive. We weren't we competitive. Fuck. Did I nail it? Is um, that the word? That was the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We weren't massively competitive with it. even though we are competitive we weren't kind of massively competitive within the Liverpool music scene yeah. and I don't think we sound particularly like we're from Liverpool um, and I think these have all been good things that have you know, put us in good stairs that's always the worst that happens with local bands and, and smaller bands when there's two you know hometown hero bands competing you know w- with each other you know, some stupid yeah. rivalry and none of them are ever going to do anything usually when they have that mentality, you know, yeah. like I, I used to manage this band, um, smaller, like hardcore band. And I remember this other band that was smaller than them in town. They got a, like a guitar sponsorship with ESP guitars or something. And they, they're yeah. like, we're better than them. Why don't we have an ESP guitar sponsorship? And it's that kind of mentality <laughs> that's like, like, okay, you guys are really missing the whole point of what we're doing here, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but <laughs> so, so you guys formed the band and, um, obviously you had a lot of success, uh, you know, pretty, pretty just right out of the gate with your first couple singles. Um, I know I'm skipping over a couple of years here, but what's interesting, you know, now is, is you guys have put out only a few records over quite a long time. You've kept the same three piece band together. And now you live in three completely separate, uh, places very far from each other. How, how yeah, is that, how has that weird, been? Is that, uh, did I just sum up the whole history and, uh, in about 
three sentences, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't even know my question here, but it's like, and, and why, why is it that you guys exist kind of in this fashion where a lot of bands, you know, put out records more frequently or they live in the same city or they're, you know, why is it that you guys exist in this way? Well, you know, the reason why, especially our second and third album, there was such gaps between them coming out was because of, you know, we were signed to a major label, we signed to Warner in the UK and like we were getting heavily A&R'd and, oh, yeah. and we were getting heavily pushed and, um, you know, it was like, we need more, let's dance to Joy Divisions or moving to New York, so blah, blah, blah. And when you get that kind of pressure lumped on you, things just kind of uh, tend to ebb and flow a lot more, maybe, uh, you know. Yeah. Sometimes that pressure was good. I remember feeling really stressed out writing some of the best songs of my life and really kind of chilled out writing some shit ones. Um, I, but that, but also like, you know, for the second album, you know, I wrote like 40 songs. The third album, we had like 35. Um, but the label wanted to make sure that everything we were putting out was, you know, uh, as good as as good as they knew we could be. And then we'd take ages to record. Like the second, second album, we used like three different producers on one song, <laughs> three really? different mixes. Oh, it was like... It was even though it was 2011. It was like the 90s. The amount of money right. we were spending on on the album and stuff. Um, and so that was really the main reason why things took a long time to come out. Which um, you know we didn't really feel comfortable telling people at the time. Of course, I think now, I think now the music industry is much more. Uh, it's not as opaque as it used to be, and it's yeah. kind of it's, a, it's more accepted for me to just tell people um, the truth and tell people how it is and there's no need to kind of create some, such mystery as uh, people perhaps thought there was in the past. Yeah, um, that's very true, man. That's very so true. I, I don't, yeah. Well, as a songwriter and as somebody that's, you know, you've talked pretty much in depth about your, pretty in depth about your depression and anxiety, this sounds like a pretty horrible situation for you to be in. You know, your whole career you know, your childhood dreams resting on this, you know, the second album you have to write in LA, um, recording it out there, which you didn't live at the time, you know, yeah. um, that pressure must've been just really, really horrible. Um, yeah. I mean, I had kind of depressive issues and tendencies starting from when I was like 14, I think. And then, yeah. Yeah. And I've had like a few pretty, pretty funky breakdown since um uh and yeah and as kind of like the primary songwriter in the band i would always kind of work myself extra hard like because i knew the guys wanted to be out there touring and having fun and getting shit faced and making money and whatever it is um, so i would kind of really lock myself in a in a room and just you know i kind of thought the inspiration was for losers to be honest i was just like let's just get in there and get nasty and, and just crank it out. Whereas, you know, that probably wasn't the best thing to do at the time. I should have been a lot more kinder to myself, and a lot easier on myself. And that's something that I've kind of had to learn the, the hard way, but um, it is, the universe is pretty amazing when, when you kind of 
stop putting so much pressure on yourself and expect a lot less. A, a lot more seems to come your way. <laughs> That's great. That's a great uh, a great way to look at it. So, yeah. you've, how long have you lived in LA now? Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years, and and you've talked about it being a really positive experience for you. You've spoken very highly of LA. Um, do you miss the, the UK at all? Yeah. I mean, I miss kind of friends and family and kind of certain aspects of the culture. Greg's. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say with all the, what's that? Do you miss Greg's? Grids. Greg's. Oh, Greg's. No, fuck Greg's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, uh, yeah, I do miss it a lot. Maybe I miss it a little bit less with all kinds of Brexit stuff. I'm just so bored of that now. Like, I can't even, like, it's just yeah. insane. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going back, I'm going to fly back to London tomorrow, and I'm kind of, you know, excited about having a few days there for festivals at the weekend. And I do miss it, but, the, you know, I just, I think living in London for 10 years um was a bit too much. I was probably partying too much. I was probably, I just wasn't in the healthiest kind of headspace and I was probably a bit negative and I feel like, I just feel like I'm 10 to 15% more positive and happier uh, in Los Angeles. Totally. You mentioned before that, you know, with all your mental health issues and stuff um, that you have that, but also I've heard you say that you write better when you're happier, which is interesting because I feel like I've always heard musicians say the opposite. Um, you are right better when I'm happier. Um, I mean, you said it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if, you, if you were misquoted or if you meant it. but I, I, I think that, like, I, I would be so stressed out and so kind of depressed and anxious that I, like, physically couldn't write. Um, right. But on the times that I could... It was really great. Hmm. Um, so, you know, if I was in that particular headspace for, um, for a couple of years, maybe like I'd write three songs a year and they'd all be awesome. Or, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but then again, I think I've kind of written better songs since then and I've been in a, in a way happier mood. So, yeah, I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> with, with your lyrics. Songwriting is song yeah, a dark the real dark art. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> when you say that, it's a dark art, what do you mean exactly? Like, explain that. You mean just what, um, you, what you go through, what you put yourself through, what you torment yourself no, with? When you, no, just like when you think you've got it, you haven't, when you think you understand it, you don't. Um, it's constantly changing, and um, every single time you do it, it's different. You never know what's going to happen. There's no rule. There's no rules you can follow. It's just you've just got to lock yourself in a room and just freak out until you got something. Really, um, people who, you know, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's just a very kind of uncontrollable thing. It's like not that the work that you put in doesn't doesn't equate to the the outcome. Like you know, yeah. it's, that's that's what's kind of so incredible about it, and what's so annoying about it. Right. Do you do co-writes with other bands? Like, do you help other bands write songs? Do you write songs for people? Is that a part of, uh, is that something you do? Yeah, I have been doing co-writes with other people, yeah. Um, I work with, like, a band called Dreamers, and 
uh, yeah, I kind of, I wouldn't say it, it makes a huge portion of my paycheck, but it's starting to make a portion of it. Right. And it's, I mean, that's a different thing, right? I mean, you're not, is, is it, is it easier in a way when it's not just put all on your shoulders? Yeah. It's so much easier because, uh, I'm really just helping someone else find their voice. And right. if they're like, no, I really love this lyric. Even if I think it's shit, I'll be like, yeah, go for it. You just, whatever resonates with you is the most important <laughs> thing. You're the one who's going to have to tour it around the world for a while or whatever. Right. Um, See, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I really do enjoy it. Apart from when, like, I've, when you work with an artist that doesn't really know what they want, or maybe hasn't even found their voice yet, then that that's pretty hard. Totally, that is that. Absolutely, man. Uh, so lyrically, I feel like your style is a lot different from other bands. You know, in the indie rock world, it's not so ambiguous or artsy. It's more pointed. Uh, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but but where did that come from? It, it seems like it's a different approach that you take lyrically. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, certain songs, especially on our, the last one, that's album, pretty really ambiguous. Um, there's a few on the new Love, Fame, Tragedy stuff that are, I would say are quite ambiguous, but I, I guess I'm just trying to search for uh, new metaphors, new ways of explaining <laughs> things that have been, that, that you already kind of know, I guess. Um I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I, I remember listening to this um, interview with Alex Turner where he was talking about how the first album, you're always pointing outwards at people and kind of criticizing. And then from the second onwards, it's just you pointing inwards and criticizing yourself a lot. I'd say that's pretty, pretty um, bang on. But yeah, I, I mean, I haven't really overly thought what my lyrical style is. I, I guess I just... Uh, try to inject a little bit of humor into um, pretty dark kind of scenarios. Right, right. But sometimes that that helps, you know, get the dark points across. Like if it's all just darkness, you know, it it doesn't sometimes make the same resonance that it does, you know, when there's an element of humor or an element of of something that draws people in a little more. And I think that that's probably what your fan base appreciates. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I like kind of my favorite, you know, lyricists were always been like Elliot Smith and Morrissey. Yeah, and, me too. You know, maybe Elliot Smith doesn't inject. There's, there is a bit of humor in his stuff. Maybe it's not that much, but um, just the way that they, I just fell in love with the kind of style of writing, to be honest. Oh, yeah, no, especially like Morrissey, some of the ridiculous lines that he'll put in there like just uh the, the no fear the guy has no fear yeah just you know? how brutal they can be right. i mean i don't think you could write a song you know the, the great the really tasteful thing about those two lyricists is like the brutal things that they can that they say just one time in each song rather than <laughs> you know for the whole duration of it um, yeah that's kind of really important i guess something that i, I guess i'm always kind of got an eye on absolutely so um I want to talk more about this new solo project, Love, Fame, Tragedy. And it's been a long time coming, I feel. I mean, you, you talk about all these songs that you wrote um, that obviously didn't make it onto Wombat, Wombat's records. I don't know how complete they were, how good they were. But were there songs from you know the old days that you were like, hey, this never got its chance? Are, are some of those songs going to see the light of day with this project? Um, 
No, not at all. Like, I mean, some of the, st- all the Wombat songs that didn't come out is because, you know, I didn't want them to come out. Okay. I mean, okay. um, I, I, you know, maybe in the future, but I'm not really, I, I mean, there's talk of like doing a big B-sides kind of compilation thing, but I'm like, well, I'm happy for X, Y, and Z to go out, but the other ones, like, I don't think they're that good. So why would we do it? And then that, that's a whole other argument, but there's only really one song that um, I thought should have been on Beautiful People Will Ruin Your Life that wasn't on there due to kind of nonsensical political reasons. Um, and that's Brand New Brain, which is, I believe, the third song yeah. on this and was just like my voice in the piano um, at the time. Um, and then the rest have kind of come around over the last two to three years whenever I've had time off between festivals or whenever I've kind of wanted to try and do something and Mark Crew who's the who's produced everything you know I was like you know trying to you know I was trying to gauge from him whether he'd be up for like doing the you know recording everything with me and helping me out I think when he said that you know he wanted to do it it really gave me kind of the confidence to go out and find the rest of the songs so with this, with are you recording this all yourself? Do you have are you bringing people in to help you? Um, what's the uh, approach? Well, yeah, it's like me and Mark. Well, yeah, the songs are all demoed, and then me and Mark in the studio just making them better. And I guess I'm playing bass and guitar and singing and um, getting people into drums. I can't play drums, but then also kind of getting people to come in and collaborate on the tracks, like Gus, like Joey. Right, right. Whatever, you know. There's a huge list here of, like, of the people that have, um, you know, it says, you know, your publicist says variety of friends and collaborators. Yeah. Pixies, Joey Santiago, um, (laughs) Gus Unger, Hamilton of Alt-J, former Soundgarden drummer, Matt Chamberlain. So, yeah, it goes on and on. Um, Yeah. And there's, like, kind of other people on other EPs. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the main reason for me for doing that is, for doing that is, like, I didn't want to present it too much as a solo project, even though at, at its core, that's what it is. You know, it, to me, it's a lot more exciting than that. And I didn't want it to sound like I'm in a pub in like uh, Boston playing with an acoustic <laughs> guitar and I'm like four pints in, you know, I, I definitely yeah. didn't want it to sound like that. Um, and also it was, you know, uh, trying to, um, you know, enlist some of the talented people that I've had the the opportunity to meet over the years into the project and, you know, um, just makes everything a bit more exciting. It just sounds sounds more fun. Like, it just sounds, everything about this is is the way you described the way that the Wombats made, I mean, most of your records. This just seems like fun and chill and like something that, you know, a solo project should be, right? I mean, this should be an outlet for that, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's exactly what. When I sat down with the label, uh, like last year, we were just like, the minute that it stops being fun, is kind of the moment that we've fucked it all up. So let's just keep, you know, I'll keep churning out the songs and we'll try and get friends and family and people's great grandmothers to come and play on it. And, you know, songs will be good anyway. And we'll just see what, we'll just see what happens. Is it, is there, is I mean I have a solo project myself and my you know my band members are totally cool with it me doing something on the side a little different is it is it cool with the other two guys in your band obviously you have such a small band it's such a small knit you know um, I mean I can't even say community it's three people 
you know, have they been supportive of it? Is it, are they, is there a fear that you're going to blow up and be huge and they're going to be like fall by the wayside? Was there any conversation like that? Um, well, no, not really because they've done their own things in the past, um, which kind of, you know, I've kind of dealt with in my own way or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. uh, They've had a lot of projects, you know, for me, I've never had the time or the opportunity to do it. Um, or I guess I haven't, I just, I suppose I have never wanted to do something if I wasn't giving it, you know, going completely, you know, all in on it. Um, so I, I mean, there was so, because they'd done stuff like that before, there was never really, a, uh, the necessity to have a big sit down conversation about it. Um. And what? And I, I think that they. I mean, they have been. I mean, they have been really supportive. I mean, in terms of what they actually feel, it's. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're walking around the respective, you know, cities of residence wearing love theme tragedy t-shirts. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sure, but, sure. But um, I think they're fine with it, and I've you know, I've made it very clear that I wanna. I want the Wombats to kind of get to album, you know, six, seven, you know etc like that but um at the same time i do want you know love fame tragedy to be as big as it possibly can well launching a new band now and launching a new band in 2005 or whenever you know whenever you guys started to to really put yourselves out there it's a completely different world i mean yeah like i don't even know if love fame tragedy if you're even going to press cds anymore you know, maybe, but yeah. that, obviously that's, that's such a, not a focus like it was, you know, when you're talking about the first couple of Wombats records, uh, how has that, has that changed, you know, your, your approach? Um, is it just a weird way that you, um, define what's successful? How, how is that just like when you're starting a new project, how does that come into play with just the way that you go about, you know, your business and, and about just the way that you're giving the music to people? Um, well, I mean, kind of DSPs uh, have just really rejuvenated the music industry and really, you know, massively rejuvenated the Wombats. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. You guys have great, great numbers, like on Spotify and yeah. stuff. Really good. And, you know, that was that was kind of awesome for us because I think like well I certainly was in a bit of a flunk between albums three and four and I was like fuck this is going to go either way we got to come up with the goods here um Mm -hmm. and you know it seems to have gone uh really well and and it like I I kind of love this whole kind of new streaming culture now obviously it's kind of worked out in my favor but (laughs) also also I don't have to like in love fame tragedy i'm gonna go around doing small shows but I don't really have to be like out there putting my name out trying to get a record feel kind of pay kind of find money to pay for the you know recordings or whatever or dipping into my own money to pay for the recordings or you know i can it's it's a real quick and easy way to do things now and also the way that we're doing it uh, like just releasing what is going to roughly equate to a song every month and just seeing how things go and just slowly just drip feeding it out um seems like such a kind of great way to do things which you never could have done in the past no totally it's 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 awesome i i, uh, I love that you guys have embraced it so much and uh yeah. yeah i mean it's just it's true like when you're making those records and you 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 took a lot of time between records and you mentioned the reasons why but it's like every time you know the the way that the music industry was going it's like well 
we're going to do this record and no matter how much it, how good it is, it's just going to sell less than the last one. You know, it's like everything just, you know, it's like how motivated can you be when, when like, it's like, oh, well now, you know, our last record may be sold and I'm just throwing numbers out there, but 20,000 and this one's maybe going to sell 10. And then, you know, it's like, it's just those kind of numbers when it's like, oh, great. Well, this isn't exactly yeah. uplifting. I feel that all came to a, you know, a head in like yeah. 2015, 2016 when Spotify and all these things kicked off and now it's just a much more exciting world for yeah. everyone and it's also kind of like you know what um, this isn't entirely true but I, you know I do feel like if you've got an amazing song and it's well produced and it's got all it's just it's just a really solid piece of work it has the opportunity to reach millions of people and stream massive amounts and all kinds of stuff whereas Maybe back in the day when I started, you needed someone with, uh, like, a, you needed a big label or someone to really shove it down people's throats. Whereas, really, if the song is 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 good enough, it's gonna uh, end up down people's throats anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I know, I know. It's, it is really a beautiful thing that anybody, literally anybody, can put music out, and and it can be in everyone's pocket, you know, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that never was, was possible before without, yeah, you have to get a fucking radio team, you know, in different <laughs> territories and like yeah, all exactly. this shit. And now it's like, okay, I just, I upload it. I could, we, you and I could record a song over the phone right now and put it up yeah. in an hour. Um, exactly. You yeah. know, and, and people could hear it. And if it's a great song, yeah, you're right. It can make waves, which is, yeah. which is really what art, should be right. I mean, if if we really boil it down, this is way more artistic um, than the yeah, yeah, well, music ever a, been al- real, allowed to be. It's a it's a very it's not a level playing field, but it's a no. lot. It's much more level than it used to be. No, I appreciate a major label artist saying that it's not a level playing field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good, man. Thank you for for uh, for for saying so. So you got a you got a solo tour coming up too. Just it's in September, right? Yeah, it's September just a, October, it's a yeah. few dates. It's not like a crazy, you know, bite off more than you can chew. Um, no, I mean, only only three songs will be out. So it's mainly about me being in these kind of uh, cities doing press right. as much as it is about the show. And obviously, obviously kind of like, you know, getting back to basics and smashing out some small sweaty shows isn't going to harm anything. Um, totally. But, you're, you know, yeah. your biggest fans are all going to be at these shows. Um, yeah. You know, Wombats fans. So, so what are you planning on doing? How are you going to approach this? Um, I assume it's, you're going to be playing with other people. Um, what's the yeah. set list going to look like? Um, well, the set list is going to be nine songs, like EP one and EP two, and maybe one more. Um, I've got a band together in LA, um, which I'm really excited about. They're awesome, and um, yeah, we start rehearsing in a couple of weeks and um, see how it goes. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. As I said, these are kind of like small, sweaty, buzzy shows to kind of kick things into gear, and then hopefully there'll be um, a lot more touring next year. So, uh, are you going to play? You're not going to play any Wombats material? No, I don't think so. I feel like, I mean, you know, if someone buys me like five tequilas and forces me to do it, and then I end up like coming back on and playing some weird acoustic version of something then right. maybe but you know i want to be as respectful to 
the one that's, but more importantly, is respectful to the love, fame, tragedy of this new thing that I've started as yeah. possible. So, yeah. you know, I, I imagine if people start heckling me to do one bad songs, I'll probably have to call them out on it. Um, <laughs> so, well, especially yeah, when you're I'm, with a band too. Like if you, if you're just there solo playing with the guitar and you play a couple, well, that's a little different. But if you're like if you're playing wombat songs and you're with a band, it's kind of like that's just the wombats, right? It's just a just a kind exactly. of worse, maybe worse version, uh, right? <laughs> or a, or not a worse version, but a, a, a synthetic version. You know? No, it would it would definitely be a worse version. <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I just think it's best for me to not even broach that that road. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So yeah, a couple songs out now. EP comes out September thirteenth. Uh, dude, what else to tell the people? Um, I mean, obviously, it's all kind of coming out in EPs and stuff. But for me, you know, it's make an album. And, um, I've got, we've recorded 11 songs. There's about another six more to go. Hopefully, it's going to be like a 17 or 18 track album. Wow. As long, wow. As, as, long as all the songs come out well. Um, and, yeah, I'm just kind of, I mean, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Excited to get back on the road and... Um, excited to get more music out into the public domain, I guess. Do you like touring? Uh, yeah, I love touring. Um, but only like uh, only when there's something fresh and exciting to promote. Do you know what I mean? Like t- touring. I mean, actually, festivals in the UK are really good. But if someone said, hey, you're going on an eight-week uh, US tour and not, you know, you're just playing the same old songs you did last year, then I'd be like, well, wow, that's... That sounds brutal. So I, I do still like touring, but that has to be um, a reason for doing it other than just kind of trying to make money or whatever. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. I, I For me, I just like part of part of touring for me is like, you know, I'm, I'm on tour right now. I'm in North Carolina today. Like, I mean, North Carolina maybe isn't a place that there's a lot of exciting, um, interesting things to do. But I, I always like that part of it, you know. Um just the being in a city and oh what like what cool coffee shop is here or you know which yeah, friend yeah. of mine is here so that's always been something but I, I do have a lot of respect that for you when you get on the road this is it's like okay I'm here to do a job I'm here to you know play tunes and and promote something that I've made artistically and that's a I mean that's the whole point so good for you yeah exactly yeah I mean no, uh, yeah, I do like, uh, yeah. I don't, what, what, so what, what band are you in? And you're, whereabouts in oh, North Carolina, right? I'm in, yeah, I'm in Charlotte. I sing for for Silverstein. Okay, oh, cool. So, awesome. yeah, I've been doing this a long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina today. A day off, which is nice. And uh, Nice. We've been on tour for, you said eight weeks. Well, this tour is like seven and a half. Okay. And we're, <laughs> and we're, at, and we're at six and a half weeks in. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know how that is. Like I'm at the end of my, end of my rope. I'm like very, very ready to go home. But do you not get a, um, do you, like, I always, I would, I always find like week five, four and five are the worst. And then you can kind of see the finish line. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm at the finish line now or I'm like, okay, I'm a week out, but yeah, it's true. Like when you get, I, I find the middle of the tour always goes by really, really fast. And then you're like, you kind of realize there's only like a little bit left, like maybe, you know, yeah, two weeks left and you're like, oh, and then that's like where the grind, the struggle begins. Yeah, yeah. 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 But Oh, it's fucking insane. But I know. Especially especially on the on the voice as well. It's crazy. Oh yeah, it's that's a good thing to, to bring up. This is being a podcast about singing. How does your voice hold up on tour? Does it hold up okay? Oh well pretty uh, 
it's got a lot better since I just kind of, you know, tried to sing 70% quieter, I guess. Oh, like, yeah. rather than just getting up on stage, like, ha- after having a few drinks and just wailing my way through a set. But no, I've had, I've, I think I've had, you know, a lot of issues in my voice, much more than most people do. And, like, you know, I've ended up on prednisone and steroids a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, that's something I'm very mindful of, which got a bit better when I stopped smoking. Um, and, but it's it, it's really, I'm, I'm not the greatest at looking after myself, so it's kind of hard for me. <laughs> Do you use in ears? Yes, yeah. So that the, for me, that was like the biggest change when I started using in ears, and then it was like, it was like not only did I well, I hated it because I hate the way in ears feel. You know, like yeah. it's, it's not. It's definitely worse. But when you're playing like a show in a stadium with the Rolling Stones, it's it's kind of a requirement. Um, yeah. but, but definitely once that, once that happened and that became a thing, uh, it was a big improvement both on, on the way I sang, like my performance and my health for sure. It was like just way yeah. better, way easier. Yeah. It, Cause you can just, you can crank it up so loud in your ears and just sing really soft. It's, it's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Man. Cool. Well, dude, thank you, man, for taking the time, uh, for doing this. And, uh, I know you got, a big day and congrats with the baby man you, you oh, got thank you. you got so much going on it's it's an exciting time enjoy it <laughs> thanks so much nice to speak to you, you i was thinking there's a an amazing um like kind of japanese rabata slash barbecue place i went to in charlotte last time i was there oh yeah maybe, maybe if you googled those three words that had come up but um <laughs> that was uh, that place okay. was awesome thank you very much for the for the advice i will i will google yeah. it right now it's about lunchtime for me so that's perfect okay, cool man. Thank you. Thanks so much. And have a good gig tomorrow. Thank you, Murph. And and all the best with you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye now. So there it is with Murph. I want to thank him and his entire team so much for doing this, taking the time to speak with me. It was awesome. And yes, in case you're wondering, the Japanese Robata Grill Barbecue Place was really, really good. So thank you, Murph, as well for that recommendation. Before I leave you with a tune, and what a tune it is, I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to remind you of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, which helps us keep this thing going. I also want to remind you just to hit the subscribe button, because that's real easy. And next week, we have a very, very special guest, a great friend of mine. Coming off a big announcement, it's great. It's really, really, really going to be a cool, cool episode. So yeah, hit that button, whatever it is, smash it, smash the button. And um, yeah, go see Murph. He's on tour right now. I think he played his first uh, show with Love, Fame, Tragedy, I think in California tonight. He's going to be there. He's going to be on the East Coast. So yeah, go ahead over, check it out. Uh, Yeah, because that's some good stuff. Oh, and while I have you, an announcement Silverstein will be playing the Unify Gathering Festival in Australia in January. There are some great bands as well. Architects are headlining. North Lane, my buddy Marcus, yep, they're going to be there. And also the triumphant return of the Ghost Inside to Australia, which is going to be an incredible thing to see. I am so, so happy that they're back. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with the tune a love fame tragedy tune and even though there's only a few tracks it's not easy to pick one but i think this one is a hit check it out this song is called backflip on lead singer syndrome peace and love and i'll see you next week <laughs>